Would you welcome Cheryl Newberry? Well, thank you. Yes, long seasons of ministry don't seem that long when you're doing what God calls you to do, right? No matter what it is, we kind of went over those giftings today, right? So whatever it is, God gives you the grace and ability to do those things, right? Well, just to clear up a little bit, the, the transition of us coming out of Calvary, we're just handing it over to Phil and Joy Metzger. They're missionaries from Hungary that we have supported for 20-some years and very close friends with. And the last couple of years, it's just kind of made sense to get them in and as Um, someone said, it's better to sacrifice timing for the right person. And so we thought it might be a few more years down the road, but God kind of wove it together to, to come a little quicker, which is fine. I mean, we're in God's timing. That's what is important, right? Well, my favorite topic is prayer. And uh, we could stop right now and just pray, and we'd be really satisfied, I think. But, but we're going to look at Romans 12, and we're going to look at verse 12. But I thought I would just kind of do an introduction of reading it with the New Living Translation from verse 9 to, what is it, um, 13. And I'm just going to focus on verse 12, so... We're just going to read it together here with the New Living Translation. Lord, just open our hearts, our minds to hear from you, and especially with this topic of prayer. And it seems like you can never learn enough about prayer, and you seem to always deepen our prayer by the things we live out every day. So, Lord, we just pray for this time that you would bring scriptures to mind, passages to mind, thoughts to mind, and that you would just allow us to share together in those special moments of application and prayer. And we just praise you. We thank you. We give you glory for this retreat, for the nuggets we're grabbing onto and learning and applying, and just want to give you glory for that, because you're the one that has saved us. You've called us with that holy calling, and no one else can take the credit except you. So we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hate is a strong word, by the way. But hate. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Who says that word anymore? That's a pretty fun word. (laughs) Rejoice in your confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, we we be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So right in the middle of all those love and hospitality is Rejoice in your confident hope, or as the new um, King James says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continue steadfastly in prayer. And I thought, okay, all in one verse, those are whole topics in themselves, but I thought, okay, let's just touch a minute on those two before prayer and see how it prepares us, because we've already been looking at how 
being, I guess, submissive to the will of God in being transformed and taking on that newness of life. So it's giving you hope. And with hope comes rejoicing. Now, when you think of hope, you don't necessarily think of rejoicing, I don't think, but you think of not the, I hope I can, I hope I can, but it's the hope of our future, the hope of Christ. And um, as it says in a few scriptures there, and even in Romans earlier, it says, we hope in things not seen, but we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And so it's, it's that underlying faith that comes to light with our hope. Um, David, he had a lot of hope scriptures in, in Psalms, and he, he wrote a lot about that. Um, I was listening to David Guzik and a few different things, and Brian Newberry, of course. And um, hope, hope in Jesus, he, he was trying to put it that we hope in Jesus, but not in our own hopeful results, like not rejoicing in the result, like it came, but the hopefulness of resting in our hope in Jesus, because that's where it really lies, not necessarily in the the results, because as we go through, we'll see that sometimes we don't get the results we want when we pray, but we hope that God knows what he's doing, right? Because we have to trust him. Okay, the other is tribulation. Tribulation and trouble and hard things. And with it is patient, to be patient. You don't like to pray for patience because then you know you're going to have to go through something to get patience. And yet, he wants us to remember that in our trials and tribulations. And um, I was also reading somewhere that it's not an excuse to act out in our fleshliness when we go through struggles, but to be patient, being willing to endure if you have that mindset, maybe the problems won't take you deeper than they should. I don't know. But love like Jesus, even in the troubled times, and he will strengthen you and give you that endurance you need. Okay, going to prayer. Now, prayer in itself is a big topic, and you could go many directions and many verses. Um, It is like mentioned over 600 times in the Bible, the word prayer itself, and then there are 650 prayers, like actual prayers in the Bible. So it's kind of understood that prayer is important, but I'm going to break it down into four different things. Persistence in prayer, a heart-seeking God in prayer, um, prayer is work, which goes with that book from Oswald Chambers, is that what it was? And uh, prayer is spiritual. So we're going to kind of go through and kind of talk about those things so that we can go further with that. So persistence. If someone is persistent in something, it shows that they're really determined. They have diligence and devotion. They're going for it. So if you apply that to prayer, that's where we need to be. We need to be devoted and determined and really persevering in prayer and along with uh, that, it builds our character, makes us, our character stronger. Um, it helps us become more, um, I guess, persevering in things that we carry on. We have that stick to itness. And I thought of different scriptures that kind of go with that is Luke 18, um, where it's talking about um, men ought to always pray and not lose heart. So that determination to pray, to 
keep going. And there's the story there of the, the judge who has this widow lady that comes and is knocking on his door and just continues and continues and continues. And he's growing weary at her persisting, so he gives in. But her, in looking at her, she had the faith that he was going to follow through and give her what she wanted. So it's basically that perseverance. She was going for it, whether he was wanting it or not, but he was, she was there. And then it goes to this line um, that says, when the Son of God comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So we're going to come back to that phrase a, a couple more times as we go through here. Also, Matthew fifteen twenty one. it's about the, the Gentile woman who comes to Jesus and is asking if he could heal her or deliver her demon-possessed daughter. And in the midst of that story, he refers to her as a dog, as the Jews were thought the Gentiles were like dogs, I mean, in the sense of things. So she, he was referring to her as, as, as a dog. And he said, she said, but yes, but don't the little puppies get to eat the crumbs? And it was like, God saw her faith in that she wasn't just going to walk away because she was Gentile, but that she said, yes, but don't the crumbs, aren't they there for the puppies? Aren't they there for us Gentiles? So that's where God comes in, or Jesus came in and said, great is your faith, let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was delivered from a demon. Also, there's plenty of places, like the one that talks about um, faith the size of a mustard seed. Um, It can do great things. So if you just have a little tiny, tiny bit of faith, you can throw mountains into the ocean. I mean, that's that's the, the percentage that even a small little piece of faith can do. So faith... Great faith can do even mightier things or more things more often. Or I don't know how faith works except that we believe. And God hears our prayers. He does it. And it proves our faith in God. So in seeing answered prayer, it builds our faith. It strengthens us. Um, When we pray for other people and we see God answer those prayers, it builds up everybody that has been praying for that particular thing. So we're all built up. So when we ask and we don't receive right away, we're kind of like, oh, I don't know. Or is, if it's answered in a different way, or even if it's answered with a no, we can still see the hand of God at work because he knows what's best. And even as Jesus prayed in the, in the garden to the Father there before his death, he said, oh, can't you just let this cup pass from me? He didn't want to do, go to the cross. He didn't want to have to do that, but he did. And he said, but not my will, but yours, Lord, God, Father. So he surrendered himself, that even that on the cross that saved us. And so it makes an impact on us, the things that we pray, maybe not what we want. And sometimes we hesitate to even pray those prayers, I think, as was said earlier, because we're afraid it's going to be no but we got to pray in faith and believe that God knows what's the better picture. So even as Jesus prayed in the garden, so we should pray. And it says that um, we might not see those answers that we pray for. I've seen older ladies that have prayed for their children, and they're 50 years old, the children, and they're just now coming to know the Lord, and they've been praying for 30 years for their kids or more, or 50 years, I guess. But there's those persistence in prayer, those times of just having the faith, God, you've got to keep doing it. You've got to answer this prayer. You may not see it in your lifetime. 
You may not see it, you know, God answering those prayers in 10, 20 years, or maybe even it may take five minutes or it may take five days. We don't know the timing, and God has his perfect timing, but we continue to pray. And um, we know that um, God requires us to pray continually and with persistence and with faith. And um, I just remember my, my youngest son, when he was like five years old, he just, or even younger, he just had a heart of faith. And, you know, if dad's sick or something and he comes over, well, let's just pray. And we'd pray over him. He'd pray this little prayer, help him, help daddy get well or something. But it was, you could tell it was the faith that he was going to pray and that was going to happen. Or you lose your keys and you're frantic and he's like, so can't you just pray for that? And I'm like, oh yeah, let's pray. So, you know, those things that that even the smallest of children can have faith and believe, and God answers prayers. And it's evident in my life growing up as a kid and just seeing God answer those prayers. And the no questions and, and the, the no answers, I mean, to our prayers. You know, sometimes we want things a certain way, and God has other plans. We might not understand them, but he gives us those answers of no. And the persistence in prayer of seeing God work diligently and and recently with us, with um, our, our little grandbaby that didn't make it. But we were praying and persisting in prayer, and God was doing miracles left and right, and we thought, surely this was going to be a miracle that she could proclaim the rest of her life. And he decided to take her home. So what? who are we to question God except that we don't understand and to shocking and we're kind of surprised, and we don't know how to handle it sometimes, but God's faith in us brings us to, you know, he's good. He has answered many prayers before. He doesn't always answer them the way we want, but he's still God, and he doesn't change. So therefore, we hold on to our faith and our trust in God, and we persist in prayer, even though there might be a no, or a wait, or a maybe, or maybe have to wait and not even get to see it in your lifetime. But that's the persistence of prayer. Like Daniel, he had a prayer life, and even he didn't even think twice about not praying when um, King Darius told him not to pray. But he prayed anyway, because that's just what he did. He wasn't going to change his lifestyle and his God just because of that. He prayed. He was thrown in the lion's den, and yet he remained alive. And that was when King Darius was like, wow, what faith. And he believed because of Daniel's faith. And I'm sure that the Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and that whole thing with all of that season and time of life for them, that they, they were in bondage and yet had to believe in their faith in and prayed. David, in Psalm 119, 164, it says, seven times a day I meet with you. Wow, do you meet with him seven times a day? Romans 8, praying and not losing heart, praying with faith, believing that persisting is going to get an answer and that you'll have that reward for diligently seeking him. Luke 9, 8, ask, seek, and knock. If anyone asks, he'll receive. If anyone seeks, he'll find. If anyone um, knocks, the door will be open to him. So we come to the Lord expecting and persisting in prayer. Okay, for number two, a heart that's seeking after God. How about Psalm 42, 1? As the, door, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my heart pants after you. Do you have a heart that really wants 
all of Jesus. You're thirsty, as in Psalm 63, 1. My God, my God, early will I seek you. And then my soul thirsts for you, the living God. In the world, we have to fight a lot of distractions, even more so today. And it's like the world is taunting us all the time with distractions that keep us from coming to the Lord. And we fight to have that time alone with him. So the heart that seeks diligently after him is going to find him. But the, the fact that we have to make a purpose to draw on the word of God and to seek his face and to come and sit in his presence, those are things we just really have to purpose in our heart. I mean, Facebook, Instagram, all the other things, Twitter, all the things that distract us and they're calling us. You got the timers or the notifications on your phone and all of that. I just sometimes have to go, okay, you're going over there for a while because you can get so sidetracked. And it can be good stuff. You could be looking at all the prayers that are answered from your friends or whatever. But still, to find that time alone with God, it's so precious. And last Saturday, I think it was... Lord just reverberated the word presence, his presence with me. And I just thought, oh, I just love being in your presence. And the next day at the church, there were songs about being in his presence. And I, I like took a, she- a screenshot of the words because it was just like, ah, oh, I want to remember this. Because it is so precious to be in the presence of the Lord. And we know it. And yet we get distracted and we don't sit like we should sometimes or seasons of life come and go and we, we visit with the Lord in different ways. But it's just the fact that he's calling us and we need to answer. So I think it comes to like what we've been talking about a little bit of humbling ourselves and surrendering ourselves and relinquishing ourselves so that we can get to the Father, get to the Lord. Um, he draws near to us when we draw near to him. So um, I think a, um, a good way to pray is to pray with your Bible open. And you've got the scriptures there, and you're praying the verses. And especially in Psalms, when you can just pray those prayers like David wrote, and you just are praying them. So sometimes there's those devotional books or those books, like you were just saying, wherever you girls are, um, that are introducing the books. Sometimes those are just the very thing you need to see. Maybe it's just that verse, or a friend texts you a verse, and it's just the very verse you need for that day. And it's those things that build your faith because you're getting that solid foundation of God's word. So... I don't know, have you ever prayed with someone and they're a Christian and you're praying over them or whatever and praying with them and all of a sudden you just you end praying and you say, I think it's your turn, you need to pray. And have you ever had them go, ah, no, I think I'm fine now. And it's like you know the Lord is wanting them to speak with the words, their own words, to speak a prayer. And it's kind of like pride that kind of takes over and says, I don't need to pray or I'm good. And they kind of miss out on talking to the Lord. And sometimes it's that very breakthrough that they need to verbally profess those things with their mouths. And breakthrough happens. So also we want to realize that through our prayer, I'm kind of mixing up my notes, don't you? There we go. (laughs) That sometimes um, with prayer it takes a lot of discipline and work. So that's kind of our third thing that we're going to mention here. So with discipline, 
it kind of takes over. It kind of goes with the one we were just doing. But discipline is saying, I don't really feel like praying today, but you do it anyway. Discipline is doing the things you know you shouldn't, you sh- you should do that you don't feel like doing, and that's where the character of a godly woman comes in too, because you make yourself do the things you maybe don't feel like doing, but you're going to do it anyway, and that's a very good quality to have. Sometimes we just want to go on our way and live on the crumbs of yesterday or last week or last Sunday or uh, a year ago when I was at retreat. And you've missed all the stuff that God wants to show you and teach you. Um, I think sometimes we don't conquer the things in our day as well as we should sometimes because we haven't been talking to the Lord every day. And we get pushing it aside. And before we know it, oh, I should have been praying about this. God would have had that answer right then. And it's like we kind of like give ourselves the thing on the head like, what? But if we're... In tune with him, we're going to know what's on his heart, what he's thinking. Sometimes um, when those big trials come, we all of a sudden get really prayerful, and we're just interceding, and we cry out like never before, and then you realize, oh, well, maybe if I'd been crying out to him all along, this problem might not have been as big, and I could have handled it through spiritual eyes instead of the shock and the oh my and calling a friend and all of this. And it was like you could have just handled it in prayer and it had been over and done with. Or sometimes it's the big struggles that call us to prayer and we end up crying out to God because he's revealing, hello, I'm there. And he's reminding us that he's there. Well, another thing is to find your place, your time, your position, and come to the Lord. So finding that place, your quiet place, your couch, your patio, your car, sometimes you just have to go to your car to find that quiet place, wherever it is, and have that time with the Lord and just say, Lord, here I am. I may have 10 minutes, but I'm going to pray or I'm going to seek you. I'm going to just have that intimate time with you. But don't even put a time limit on it and just see what God does as you're sitting there. Hours might go by and you're like, oh, wow. I've had a really good time with the Lord today. So we don't really know. And morning, noon, night, whatever it is, sitting, bowing, walking. Some girls like to walk and pray. So wherever it is, just find that time and do it and have purpose in your heart to really do that. There's a, a verse, um, Psalm fifty-five, seventeen, that says, At morning, no, at evening, at morning, and at noontime will I cry, will I pray and cry aloud and he will hear my voice. So whatever time of day it is, he hears our prayers. Jesus, he went regularly to a place to pray, sometimes for an hour and sometimes for early in the morning before anyone else was awake. Um, He spoke to the disciples about, they are asking, how do we pray? And he gives them the Lord's Prayer, as they say, or the Disciples' Prayer, whatever you want to call it. But He was spending time with the Father because he thought it was important so he could minister to people in the day. And us as sinners, don't you think we should at least tune in a little bit to the heavenlies and call out to God for the purposes and the plans he has for us in a day? So I think praying is a a very important tool and maybe even a gift that God has given us to be able to commune with him, talk with him, wrestle with him, you know, 
give all our cares to him, cry out against our enemies like David. Whatever it is, the purpose is to intercede, talk with him, be with him. Um, Prayer for number four is spiritual. And I kind of added in there supernatural because have you ever prayed for someone and you come out with the very words that they need to hear? You had no idea anything about their life and the word of knowledge or a word of wisdom was coming and flowing because God was using you to pray. So it could be a gift of prayer that you have for that moment, for that time. Prayer is powerful and mighty and pulling down strongholds, like in 2 Corinthians 10. If ever you need to fight a battle in prayer, go to that passage in um, 2 Corinthians 10, because it just points it right to what the deal is. It's spiritual. It's wrestling with flesh and blood, like in Ephesians 6, where it's talking about you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the host of darkness, or those principalities of darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Do you forget that we're in a battle every single day, every moment of the day? Sometimes we don't like to be reminded of that because it makes us have to persist in prayer and pray through those things, and sometimes those things are very hard. And yet, there's a real devil There's a a real battle, there's a real spiritual warfare going on, and we just need to sometimes tap into where the Lord is so that we can get spiritual eyes to know how to pray. Prayer destroys Satan's realm. It destroys his hold on us. If you've ever struggled through certain sins or particular struggles or just heaviness of heart or oppressiveness from the enemy, you know that some of those things can only come out by prayer and fasting or crying out to the Lord in tongues or whatever you want to do to get to God's throne room to praise him, get through and to understand, I got to lay it down to Jesus because I can't handle it. Whatever it is, prayer is our key. And I heard somewhere that it's like our spiritual cannonballs. We're throwing them out there against the enemy, and we're knocking down his strongholds, and we're getting through to the heavenly realm. Sometimes, you know, we've seen the story of Elijah, Elisha, whoever it was that was praying, and all the things around him. He saw the spiritual angels and all of them fighting in the warfare. They're there. Our spiritual battles are right in front of us. We can't see them necessarily, but their enemy is right there fighting, trying to get through to us and try to conquer a little bit of something. And if he can get a foothold here or a foothold there, he's got you at least down to where he can grab you and who knows what else he can do. We've got to be on guard. We've got to hold tight to the scriptures. We've got to hold tight to our faith. We've got to have those spiritual cannonballs ready to be thrown out there because there's no other way to fight. The battle belongs to him, but he also wants us to do our part. And we've got to pray sometimes in those hard times to conquer those things. And I have had those prayer times, and hopefully you have, where you're just praying and interceding and seeing God do miracles because you're praying. And it's like, as soon as you stop praying, it's like the enemy is coming against you again, and you're worn out and tired, and you have to call so-and-so to pray because I can't keep my arms lifted any longer. I can't pray. I've got to have some other girls helping. And we call on others to pray with us, and that's where the strength of the Lord is because he's answering prayer. 
And prayer also can be a mindset, because sometimes we can think, I'm too busy, or I'm too tired, I can't focus, I can't do it. And yet if we say, Lord, you've got to help me, he helps us. We don't always know how to pray as we ought, but he's there to help us. And our faith comes by believing that he's going to strengthen us, and he does. Um, If we're walking um, as a pilgrim in this world, but with our eyes on heaven, we're going to be able to see things a little bit better from his perspective. It's like a reflection comes back and shows us how to walk and how to be. And Pilgrim's Progress, I always love that, of, you know, Christian is there and, and trying to walk the path, and he's got his burdens, and he's having to take it off, and he's going, and it's not like all of a sudden he's in heaven. It's a road of trials and tribulations and hardships and glories, but then hardships. We were never promised to have a perfect life. Christianity in America is like frosting without cake sometimes. We don't really know the depth that it has for Christians. And um, just the fact that we pray and God answers, isn't that amazing? Because he hears our cry. Even when we just whisper a prayer or our hearts just crying out within us, he knows our intent He knows the heart that we have to just want to get close to him or to answer that prayer. And he knows. I think what's really great is to see when prayer, you can see people break through in prayer and realize God answered. I remember back when I was in my 20s and where I was working, and there was this girl that worked with us, and there were a few of us Christians, and she was struggling. She was like in her 20s. I don't think she was any older than me. And she had been married for a few years, and her marriage was not working. And she goes, I just don't really believe in prayer. I said, well, let's just try it. <laughs> let's pray, and we'll see. And so we prayed specifically for whatever it was. I don't remember. And it was like the next day she said, that, my prayer was answered. And she was just astounded because she was like, I didn't know a prayer could be answered. But can you imagine what that does to even baby believers, the strength and power of prayer. My sister-in-law, she is a mighty powerful warrior in prayer and a godly woman. And, and she goes, everywhere she goes, she asks them, like if we go to a restaurant, she asks the waiter or the waitress, um, we're Christians, how can I pray for you today? Is there something you need us to pray for? You'd be surprised the people that say, yes, I need this, or some kind of go, I'm okay. But she goes, well, I'm going to pray for you anyway. And it's just like, what can we do? Who's going to stop us from praying? Throw us in a lion's den? (laughs) I don't know. But I'm just saying, God reveals a lot of things through prayer and gives us the faith to believe in that. And he does great and powerful things. So also we talked about revival. Revival comes with prayer, like we were talking about um, Wesley and Martin Luther and can go on with many mighty men in history that have been prayer people. Um, Jesus, like um, when he told his disciples to go in the upper room and pray, and they prayed day in and day out, hour after hour. They stayed there in that room. And what happened? The Holy Spirit and Acts came down and touched them with tongues of flames of the power of God, and they went and spoke in tongues to men and of the Holy Spirit, and many were saved. 
We don't understand all that God has for us, but when we are obedient in prayer, he meets us and he does the miraculous things. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there for us and praying for those things, just to be empowered by God's Spirit. So whatever gifting, as we talked about earlier, and there's more like in um, 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Whatever it is that God is stirring you on for, what are we to be afraid of? He uses us mightily, and he builds each other up in our faith by praying for one another. And we're going to kind of put that into action right now. And we're going to see how um, application and response to what we've kind of talked about to get us in that flavor of needing to pray. So let's look at persistence in prayer. Are there some of you that maybe are weary in praying and praying and praying and you're not seeing the answer? I think God maybe wants to help us to pray for you. So I'd like to just say, if there's somebody that's just been praying a lot for things, some things maybe that are just not answered or going through a really tough time in building your faith, or you just need someone to come and pray for you, I want you to just stand, because I want us all to just pray. I'm I'm pausing, because more and more of you keep standing up, and it's like, yes, we need to persist in prayer. We need to find out what we need to persist in. Is it a relationship? Raise your hand. Is it a circumstance that's kind of beyond your control? Is it just heavy laden and burdened and you just need prayer so there's all kinds of things that we need to persist in prayer and it's hard to pray alone and sometimes we give up and we don't want others to even know because we've been praying for it for 10 years why mention it again but I think God wants to just break through some of those barriers and and let us come to that realization that he's there to hear our prayers, and sometimes it needs to be the two or more gathered together to pray for those things. So I'd like for some of you to just put your hands on the people around you, and we're going to pray for them. You want to pray? Oh, okay. I thought you were standing like ready. So yes, we'll pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you that you are a God who hears our prayers. You not only hear them, but you answer them. And you know the very intents of our heart right now. We're crying out. Some of us, very heavy laden and tired and weary and worn out. And we're tired of praying over and over the same thing. Or we're tired of just having to endure. Lord, we just pray that your hand of joy, your hand of satisfaction, your, your prayer of your hand of um, comfort, and your prayer, your hand of power to come upon us and to give us that freedom to release that particular person or that situation or that um, phase of your life or whatever the difficulty is, that we would be able to see and hear and know that you answer prayer. And as two or three or more are gathered right now in this room, we're praying with persistence to know never to give up never to back down on our praying, but to realize that we need the prayer of the body of Christ to come and minister to one another. So, Lord, we release these um, requests to you, Lord, that you would just 
pour out your spirit and minister and meet those needs. In the power of Jesus, we say, amen. amen. Okay. Um, the second one. Um, are you um, seeking after the Lord the way that you ought? Nobody has, so we can all stand on that one. But I'm just saying, there might be something that the Lord has really put on you to make an, an extra effort. And maybe that time alone with the Lord is not where it should be and that you would desire it to be. Or that set time to just sit and meditate. Or you have not been panting after the Lord like you should, like the deer pants after the water or thirsty for more of him. You're just kind of lukewarm or apathetic in your prayer time. And maybe the Lord's saying, okay, let's get you going here. Um, Maybe you're overcrowded with people and distractions and things, and you're just like, okay, I know I pray with you like when I'm going out the door, but I do need to have more time. We all need to have more time. So I'm not meaning for us to all do that, but I'm just thinking we need to have that hunger and thirst for more of him and to spend time in prayer especially in the particulars that God's prompting our hearts. So I want to take just a minute, and I want you to turn with the person next to you, one or two of the people next to you, and I just want you to pray really quick for each other to have a heart to pray. Okay? Well, Lord God, we thank you that you are a God that hears our prayers, and we want to come disciplined and more at a practice of praying, because, Lord, we know that that is sweet to you. And, Lord, right now, just as I was hearing everybody pray, it just was a a sweet hum and and powerful time. And I thought, maybe you hear that same type of thing all over the world of, of Christians praying and how it is such a sweet thing to hear people praying. Lord, if we could just do that more often... Can you imagine, Lord, how many prayers we could answer or see you answer? So, Lord, I thank you that you prick our hearts to pray and you prompt our hearts to pray. And just continue to do that, no matter where we are and what we're doing, to stop and pray and to hear from you. Amen. Okay, and prayer is spiritual. Maybe some of you have been fighting in a spiritual battle and... That spiritual battle has been real, like praying for my little baby Abigail to pray through all those little things and God answering the little prayers, every single one of them, and we're tired of praying. We're like, please, girls, help hold my hands up. I can't pray any longer. I haven't slept in two days. We're, we're weary. We're tired. We can't pray anymore. And to have them pray. The spiritual battle, the strongholds that the enemy has on you, maybe. And we need to see a breakthrough. We need to see the power of God really breaking through. Because those things, God did not intend for us to be losing the battle in those things that the enemy's throwing at us. But he intends for us to win. He sometimes allows them. I'm not saying that. But we need to prayerfully Go to the Lord and be obedient to what he's telling us. Because sometimes it's just we're not willing to be obedient to fight that fight. And we've got to. We've got to take the word of God and make it our prayer. We've got to fight through those struggles, going and asking people to come and pray for your house because there's some demonic thing happening. That's real. 
And we need to realize that we're in a spiritual warfare, and we need to take those tools, those armor, whatever it is of God that we need to be able to break through those strongholds that the enemy has on us. We've all been there, and if we haven't, we're going to be sometime have that heaviness of the enemy want to tear us down. So we've got to be willing to humble ourselves and say, I need that extra prayer. I've got to break through this. I've got to have God deliver me. So I think we need to pray for that. Sometimes we need to fast and pray over something. So maybe the Lord's just saying that your particular thing, you need to be spending time fasting and praying. Maybe you're like, I've never done that before. It just means be so intently praying that you miss a meal. Or it's just not as important as the praying. And just make it determined time to just sit at the Lord's feet and pray through some of those things. Sometimes he does that to us or with us or for us to have a breakthrough. Um, Is prayer a part of your everyday life? Um, I just thought of, you know, the word part of our pilgrimage on this earth. We're pilgrims. We don't belong here. And we're just going day in and day out. And he's with us. And he's with us till the end, till we get to that celestial city, to heaven. But he's helping us through every single day. But we need to remember to pray through every single part of our day. So I think we need to stop and just pray for the spiritual battles that are going on. Some of you have some very oppressive spiritual battles that are on you right now. And we need to pray for you. So would you stand? Let's just lay hands on those around us like that because we need to pray and see victory over these things. Lord God, we come before you knowing that you're the God who created the universe and all the things in it, you created us and all the intricacies of our bodies and yet you know the intent of our heart and yet you're hearing our cry right now. Some of us have the enemy just at us, at us, at us, and we're tired. We're weary in the enemy oppressing us, and we need a breakthrough. We need to come to that recognition that you are more powerful than the enemy, that you give us the strength and the power to go through these trials and difficulties and oppressiveness that the enemy has got a foothold on us. Some of us battle it day in and day out, whether it's like with... um, emotional um, stresses with um, the oppressiveness of depression, with the sense of someone um, evil in our houses that are, are just causing the complications. Lord, sometimes we're just not aware of the significance of the things around us that are causing this, and we need to come in with our sword ready, which is the word of God, and be able to speak those truths that you have promised to love us, that we are your dear children, that you care for us. You want us to win in these battles. You are the one that strengthens us. You're the rock we run to, and we're calling upon you to hold us and to strengthen us. You're the one that's going to give us those verses to be able to pray in those specific times that's going to overcome the enemy. And Lord, we know also at the name of Jesus, there is power released and the enemy runs away. So we pray in the name of Jesus, clean us, fill us, give us the strength, help that enemy run away. Lord, you know the specifics of each person and the things that they're going through. And 
it's not easy, and it's tormenting, and it's hard. And so we pray, Lord, that even this prayer today would just help us to know how to pray and that it's a spiritual thing, battle we're in, and we'll ask for prayer from others, Lord, so that we can paddle through this with you. So we praise you in the name of Jesus for answering our prayers. Amen. I, I wanted to end with one more thing that um, a verse... Are you laughing at I'm saying one more thing? <laughs> well, those were our, our, our pinpoints, but I was just going to say that um, praying and being aware of the spiritual battle is, is real. And if you're a baby Christian and you're wondering what is going on with that, it just means that we've got to press in and pray. God hears. He knows our prayers, and whatever we profess out of our mouth, it's power against the enemy. And the enemy wants to destroy you. And especially if you're a new Christian, what more does he want? He doesn't want you following this Jesus that is wonderful and powerful. So we've just got to be able to know that our God is real. He's powerful. He is strong. He's the one that makes a difference. I think that the end times are coming closer and closer. And if we're not strong in in the power of prayer, in our faith, in the struggles we go through and calling upon God, we're not going to make it. We've got to cry out to God because things aren't getting better in this life. They're getting harder. And I think I mentioned earlier that Christians in America, it's just like because they grew up and went to church, they're a Christian. That's not true. We need to be seriously connected with the God Almighty through Jesus. And if we're not, we're not going to be the ones standing in the end. And I'm, I'm serious about that because it's just been a real impression upon me that, you know, the struggles that people go through, and I think of, I don't know, the Bible Belt or people that you know that are Bible-believing, but they go to church because they have always gone to church and they have really a foo-foo life as a Christian and not a true life as a Christian. And when troubles come, they doubt the Lord and they think, what is happening? I don't believe that maybe God isn't real. I mean, those are true things to think and to ponder and to come to the knowledge of who God really is in the midst of your troubles. But if you're not grounded in the word and not grounded in your faith, you're going to waffle and Satan's going to take advantage and you may not make it through this trial very easily. Or at all. And some deny Christ and give up. And we don't want that to happen. We need to be on the front lines crying out to God, help me, help me. But we know that you're a God that does help us. So in those rough times that come, will he really find faith in the world? And I think Colossians 4.2 says, continue in prayer. Be vigilant in it. Pray without ceasing. So that is my message to you, just to pray, and to pray without ceasing. So, thank you, God. Thank you, Cheryl. And those of you that know Cheryl and, and just all that life has brought her way, you know, I saw a very standing fast, confident woman in the power of prayer who stood up here and shared with us. So I think that's good. Her, her life is a testimony. I know she's probably like, I didn't know you were going to say all that. But it's, it's like our faith is increased when we see each other, 
go through the hard times, press into prayer, stand fast in the Lord, and live it out. And so um, I, Cheryl's life and her family's life has definitely um, been that, and, and you all know each other in those ways, too. And the thing that I was thinking when she was teaching or sharing with us was um, prayer is not... It's, it's, we just did it. Like, there wasn't 22 steps to get ready so we could pray today, you know? She said, we're going to pray, let's pray, you know? And the Lord, God is just waiting for us to, to talk to him, you know? And I know I grew up in a very traditional church, and there were 22 steps to try to get access to God. And it's like, I'm not going to do that, you know? But, um, yes, there's persistence and steadfastness, and it can be work. But the, the access, maybe that's what I'm trying to say, the access is easy, you know? And you know what? It's easy to pray with one another. Or it's, it's not always easy to say yes when someone wants to pray with you, but I hope that we'll grow in that area because we really can strengthen and help and encourage one another in the body of Christ. And how many of you have had this experience, either in your family or your neighborhood or your workplace, that nobody ever wants to hear anything about what you have to say about Jesus, but if they have a need, they come and say, will you pray for me? Show of hands. Who's doing that? Yes. Because they know, they know. And so I would encourage us, as, as Cheryl said, to always be ready to pray. And we pray, and then we trust the Lord, and he does his, his work through it. So thank you so much, Cheryl, for sharing.